Uh, we will read Luke 2, verses 1 down through verse 14. But let's just go to verse 10. We'll look at that today. And uh, how many of you, by uplifted hand, you have some Christmas traditions, something you do every single year? How many of you do something the same every single year? Or a few? That's good. How, family traditions, some of you? Our family does uh, this every year. We read Luke chapter 2, 1 through 14. That's something that I was uh, taught growing up. And uh, before we ever open or even look at a Christmas gift, we have to read the Christmas story, right? And that's hard for kids, little kids especially. And uh, we want to uh, open up those Christmas gifts. Um, something that we've started to do is um, we like to, around the holidays, of course, that's the only time they have it, but going to hear or watch the Christmas Carol. And uh, my wife and my daughter went last night. And uh, because we were supposed to all go as a family on Tuesday, but with all the sickness, some of you have been experiencing illness, and we're sorry. Uh, some could not even come today that wanted to be here because of illness. But, you know, everyone's been sick. It's been going around. And uh, Callie got sick. And so uh, just Silas and I and a few other people that uh, we called last second uh, went. And I'm thankful for Brother Richard being available to go. And he went with me on Tuesday night to the Christmas Carol and at, down at uh, the Paps Theater. And I called him up. I said, it was like 20 minutes before, basically. I said, can you go with me to the Christmas carol? He gets in the car. We, we head down there, and we show up. And he's like, oh, I thought we were going caroling. <laughs> and so, hey, it was an extra surprise for him. He didn't even have to sing. So praise the Lord. He, he got out of that. And, but he was willing. I appreciate his servant's heart. He was willing to do this and willing to go. But then... I bought two more tickets, and they were a lot more money, but because I didn't want Callie to miss out or my wife, and they went by themselves last night. So me and the boys, we drove around town for a couple hours because I didn't want to pay the $15 parking again either. So we dropped them off, and uh, we went and got some, some hot chocolate and looked at some Christmas lights with the dog. And I shouldn't say the boys because Callie's not a, or uh, uh, Heidi's not a boy. She's a girl dog. So uh, she, the boys and Heidi went, and we looked at the lights and so we enjoy those Christmas traditions. Uh, some of you, uh, you might not celebrate Christmas uh, the same way that I celebrate it. But the point is that we worship the Lord and set aside time to even think about his birth. Because it's very significant in the scriptures. Um, some people decorate trees. Some people don't do that. Some people exchange gifts. Some people don't. And that's, that's fine. But when we, uh, growing up, would decorate our Christmas tree... We would put a star. I remember the star that we had. It was a, a lighted star that would go up on the top of our Christmas tree. And growing up, we had a fake Christmas tree. It was a nice one, but it was fake. I didn't know what it was like to have a real Christmas tree until 2011. When my wife and I, our first Christmas, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, we got our first Christmas tree from Grandpa Vern's Christmas trees on South 27th. And, um, but we have had stars, we've had other decorations on top, uh, bows, like these trees up here just have bows on them. But uh, some people will put an angel on the top of their Christmas tree. And uh, the original tree topper was actually a little figurine of Jesus. That's what they would put up their little baby Jesus. But in the late 17th century, uh, Germany... Uh, the tradition became to put a shining angel on the top of the Christmas tree. 
uh, in Victorian Britain. Little girls would take the angel down after Christmas and dress the angel in doll's clothes. And then cherubs hung on the trees, representing the angels who heralded the birth of Christ. And that's what uh, we just sang about a moment ago. Uh, Luke 2, verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. But our text today is verse number 10. The angel said unto them, who is unto them? The shepherds, right? They were watching their flocks there on the hillside, and the angel appears to them and says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And I want to bring a message this morning on good tidings. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this beautiful day that we get to celebrate the birth of Christ. We thank you for the virgin birth, the fact that Jesus was born as a sinless man, and he was, he was given to us by you as a gift. As the Bible says in John 3, that you love the world so much that you gave your only begotten Son. We thank you for the message that if we believe in uh, the free gift of salvation, we believe on Jesus, his shed blood, we put our trust in him to save us. Uh, if we believe on him, we will not perish, but we'll have eternal and everlasting life. We thank you for that. I do pray that you would bless uh, our time in your word. We thank you for the message of good tidings that is for all people. And I do pray that you would help us this morning to remember that. That first of all, we would have the joy of the Lord in our life. And then we would share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thankful for all of those that are here, all of you that are here this morning, as well as those that have tuned in. I know that Brother Larry Schmidt, his family wanted to be here. And uh, they're typically at his sister, Patty down in Illinois, Bill and Patty, they're at their house for Christmas. And so I believe uh, he was telling me they're going to be tuning in on the 4K TV this morning. So, you know, that, you know, I'm, I got to make sure that, you know, I, I looked extra sharp, you know, that high definition, you know, it got, makes me nervous sometimes. And so, uh, but anyways, it's not actually in 4K going to them, but they do have the 4K TV. Uh, but I'm thankful for uh, this story. It's more than a story, it's a true event that's been recorded, a historical event. It's the truth of God's word. The text here, Luke chapter 2, it comes from the announcement to the shepherds by the angel. It was great news that God had provided a way to save us. We note three important features here of this message. Number one, it was a good message. See, Verse 10, I bring you, what are the next two words? Good tidings. I bring you good tidings. The four English words, I bring good tidings, come from one Greek word, which uh, gives us the English word evangelize, evangelical, uh, evangelist, or evangelistic evangelize i bring you good tidings this was a message of the gospel that was given to evangelize today for all of us really essentially means to give good tidings when you evangelize you are bringing good news just like this angel you and i can share the good news with others uh, that God has provided a way for sinners to be saved from the wrath of God. 
This is a wonderful message. Uh, so many people, uh, they are against Christians. They say, we preach a message of hate, a message of division, a message of uh, non-inclusion. But my friend, this is a message very clearly of good news. And it's a message of, uh, of joy. And it's a message for all people. So this is the most inclusive message that there ever could be. What you see today, you see a lot of religions trying to, uh, trying to come together and bring all of their differences and, and change their differences so that they can come together and be inclusive and they could say uh, the same thing and be in agreement. But my friend, we will never, ever, ever bring the religions of the world in, together until we exalt Jesus Christ as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the message of inclusion. It's all about Jesus. It's not about anything else. It's not about anyone else. It's, there's no other way to God. This is the message. And it's good news because all people can receive it. And so uh, good tidings we find here. All can be saved. Of course, many are not concerned or interested in this message. There's so many uh, distractions in this world. People are, are focused on everything except for their eternal soul. They're focused on everything and anything except for what will last forever. There's little time given to eternal things. And that will all change the moment that they die. They will forever have to consider their eternal soul. John Greenleaf Whittier said, for, all, for of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. There will come an end to the age of grace. There will come an end when it will be too late to say, God have mercy upon me, a sinner. There's coming a day where just like uh, Noah's ark, the door shut and no man could open it. Even Noah, who might have wanted to let those fellow men and women into the ark, God had shut the door. And so there was no more opportunity for salvation. And there's coming a day where God will shut the door and say, I have shown you grace. I have uh, extended mercy to you, but you never received my free gift. And now it is too late, forever too late. So today is the day that we need to call out to the Lord. Isaiah 55 verse 6 Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And he is near this morning. If he is speaking to you, call upon the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6.2 Behold, now is the accepted time. Hebrews 3.15 Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Proverbs 27, verse 1 Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. One day it's going to be too late, too late. One day the door will shut and it will never be opened again. You say, well, that's not a message of good news. That's a message of bad news. But the reality is for, for all bad news in the world, there is good news, okay? And for all good news, there's bad news. That's what balances it out. The truth is that because there is bad news, there can be good news. 
Jesus came to save sinners. Because all of us are sinners, that's good news. Because you are condemned and I'm condemned in my sin without Jesus, the fact that God had a plan is a good message. That's great news. One day, one day, if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you've received this message and said, God, please forgive me of my sin, you've admitted that you are a sinner and you've embraced the Savior, the, the good news is that one day you will not have to live in this world. You will be in heaven forever. You will not have to uh, go through the sorrow and the pain of life. Or you will never have to go through the sorrow and the continual pain of eternity in hell. Praise God for his mercy. Call upon him today. The good news is that Jesus will save you. Also, there's no one so bad. There is nobody so bad that God will not save. There's nobody that cannot be saved. If you are alive, if you're listening to this message, God wants to save you. And it's not too late for anybody here to be saved. That's wonderful news. It's not too late today, but it might be late too late tomorrow. Do not wait till tomorrow. It's a good message. Secondly, it's a glad message. Look at, if you will, Luke 10 verse, uh, Luke 2 verse 10. Uh, the Bible says, Behold, I bring you good tidings of, next two words, great joy. Uh, can you say that again? I want to make sure that we're on the same verse here. Verse number 10. For I bring unto you good tidings, I bring unto you good tidings of, next two words, great joy. Very good. Uh, great joy. The focus in uh, here on, on great joy uh, is that Jesus Christ is the greatest source of joy for mankind. Being saved from your sins brings the greatest joy for time as well as eternity. Jesus is the only one that will satisfy. That's why Paul could say in Philippians chapter 4 verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, again, I say rejoice. The only way you can rejoice is to really, to really rejoice is to rejoice in the Lord. He is the source of joy. Uh, you know, some of us, uh, when we were, we were young, we used to, uh, if we were asked to quote a Bible verse, we would always go, to the shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35. Do you know that verse? Jesus wept, okay? Now, if you didn't know that verse before today, just remember, John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. And if somebody says, can you quote a verse of Scripture? Yes, I can. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. Now, do you know what the longest verse in the Bible is? We were asked this the other day. Brother Jerry knows it. Go ahead. Esther 8, 9. Now, can you quote that verse for us this morning, Brother Jerry? Okay. I didn't know if he could or not. He might be able to. Anyone know Esther 8, 9? That's almost as long as some chapters. It's probably longer than some of the Psalms, uh, Esther 8, verse 9. But the shortest verse in English is John eleven thirty five. 35. The shortest verse in Greek is rejoice evermore. And it's the shortest verse in the Greek but it has the longest lasting effect. Rejoice evermore. It's a long command. Um, 
we remember that, uh, we will remember that, I hope. Rejoice in the Lord always, or rejoice evermore. It's the shortest verse, but it speaks of the longest time. Paul said those words in Philippians 4, for he wrote those words when he was in prison. You might be saying, well, he didn't have much to rejoice over. He didn't really have much to be happy about. But when we have the Lord in our life, we have everything that we can rejoice about. Uh, Paul went through hard times. He went through difficult times, and he wrote those words. That means that Jesus Christ can bring joy to all of us. doesn't matter how dark the circumstances are. doesn't matter what you're going through right now. It's not that we don't care. It's not that Jesus doesn't care. But I'm going to tell you this morning, there's no reason why we cannot have the joy of the Lord in our life today. You can have that. And uh, God wants us to have that joy. There's nothing like the commercialism of Christmas to steal our joy, huh? And to take away our happiness. But truthfully, it cannot steal your joy if you have the Lord in your life. And so just refocus. It's about Jesus today. It's about the Lord. It doesn't matter who got upset about the gift that you gave them or didn't give them or whatever it was, you know. And, uh, you know, those kids, we love them, but they can be real boogers sometimes, right? And the grandkids, they can be real, and I'm not going to say it, but brats, right? I, I did say it. I'm sorry. But they can be real. They can real be, be real persnickety sometimes at Christmas. And sometimes the in-laws, which I am one, and, uh, and we got that all out of the way a few weeks ago, so I didn't have to do that this year and be, be unkind at Christmas, you know, and, and be, be the mean brother-in-law and the son-in-law and all of those things. And if they're watching today, um, Merry Christmas. And so, uh, you know, we don't have to be affected by all of that. You know, the, it's amazing. We drove around for a couple hours yesterday, and I did notice that people were a little bit on edge. I don't usually go out on Christmas Eve. I don't usually go out on Christmas Day. I don't usually do all of those things. I don't do the Black Friday shopping anymore. I'll leave that to the younger people. And um, I don't have the patience for that. But you noticed, and I noticed, and I'm sure you do as well, I noticed that people are a little on edge. Because many of them are celebrating the birth of Christ without the Christ. And so Christ has to be received if there will be joy from him. We, we notice what the shepherds did. They went, they went quickly, obeying what the angel had told them to do. They went and they found Mary and Joseph in the babe lying in the manger. And that's what we should be doing as well. If you want to have joy, follow Christ. Go where Christ is. Uh, what is true joy? Let's just define that for a second here. What is true joy? It's not laughter. It's not giddiness. It's not excitement, necessarily. Uh, and if, matter of fact, you could be laughing to cover up the fact that you have no joy. There's a lot of laughter in this world, but not a lot of joy. Um, sin, somebody has said, sin has its thrills, but it has no lasting joy. And there's really no lasting joy without Jesus. Laughter is not joy. Happiness is not joy. Uh, happy happiness is like the surface of the sea. It depends on which way the wind is blowing. 
as to what the condition of the sea is going to be. But joy is down deep, many fathoms deep, where the winds never touch it, and that's the joy of the Lord. Happiness is like a thermometer. I have in my hand here a thermometer. Do you know what a thermometer is? I'm sure you have one. And this one says it's 67 degrees in here. This seems to be lying. It feels colder than 67 degrees, so I apologize. But 67 degrees. You know what a thermometer does? A thermometer registers temperature. It tells us what the temperature is. This is like happiness right here. This is based on the conditions. I mean, if it was 100 degrees in here, hopefully this would register that. And I don't know why it would ever be 100 degrees in here, unless we didn't have air conditioning like we did a few years ago. But even then, it still wasn't that hot. But if it was 40 degrees, 60 degrees, 70 degrees, 90 degrees, this will register. This tells us what the temperature is. If I were to take that thermometer off the wall, one like that over there, this is not turned on. There's no batteries in it. But this is a thermostat. Not a thermometer, I might have called it that, but this is a thermostat. You know what a thermostat does? It controls conditions. See, joy just tells us how we're feeling. Uh, I'm sorry, happiness tells us how we're feeling. Joy can control how we feel and even has an effect on others. Do you find yourself attracted to people that are joyful that really have joy in their life, there's something different about them because the world operates according to the thermometer. They try to insert things into the life to make them happy, but those things are just temporary. They come and they go. Every time somebody gets drunk, they have to deal with the hangover. And they have to deal with all the other sinful actions that that behavior uh, brings. But when you have Jesus in your life, you could be facing some very, very difficult times. I've known people that have walked through deep, dark valleys. But because they had the joy of the Lord, because they had Jesus in their life, and they were holding on to one that gave them hope and meaning and purpose, and they had confidence in God, they were like the thermostat. They were able to say, you know what? It's actually about negative 10 degrees in my life right now. But because of Jesus, I have the insulation of salvation. I'm inside Christ, and Christ is in me. And I can go to the scriptures, and I can go to prayer, and I can go to God, and I have the ability to warm things up in my life. God's Holy Spirit made a difference in me. And that's what true joy is. We have a thermostats and it's his name is jesus christ and so i'm thankful that jesus controls the conditions number three verse number 10 if you would look at it we're coming up to the third thing here we saw it was a good message we saw it was a uh, glad message thirdly read the phrase if you would with me I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The last two words, all people. 
It's a good message. It's a glad message. But it's also a global message. It's a message for all people. Jesus Christ coming to earth is not news limited to just the shepherds. The shepherds heard about it. Uh, This is not salvation that's limited just to the Jewish people, although Jesus came through the Jewish bloodline. It's a message of salvation and joy for all people. It's news for all people in the world. John 3, 16, God so loved the world. He loved the world. God gave the gospel to all mankind. His love is global. It's for all people. I was telling you earlier how the religions are trying to change themselves and they're morphing into being compatible with one another. That's not what we were called to do. It's not about religion. It's not about man's teaching. It's about a man named Jesus. And all people can be unified through Christ. His love is for all people everywhere. And all people everywhere have a word from God. Acts 2.21 We know that God speaks through the scriptures to the hearts of men by his spirit. And Luke writes in Acts 2.21 Whosoever, whosoever, that's inclusive, that's all, that's anyone. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from their sin. Amen. We don't need a different gospel for different races. We don't need a different gospel for different nationalities. I understand we got to get the gospel in their language, but it's the same gospel. Amen. There, there's only one gospel, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is good for all who call upon Christ to be saved. It works. It is the message for all people. Wherever you go, the message is universal. And it applies to all people. That's why we have to get out there and take the gospel to all people. It's our mission field. Wherever you go. You say, well, you know, that's not uh, my job to talk to those people because they live down the street. I'm just going to focus on my house. Or I'm just going to focus on people that look like me. Or even speak my same language. Hey, what would be so wrong with us trying to find a, a gospel track in Swahili? we got a couple of people here that speak Swahili this morning. What would be so wrong, Brother Tim, with us uh, finding a gospel track for somebody that speaks Swahili? Would that be uh, such a bad thing for us to do? You know, they speak a different language than us. Does the message change in Swahili? Does the message change for those that are, uh, maybe uh, they speak Arabic? Is it a different message? It's the same message. There'd be nothing wrong with us, even though we don't speak Arabic or Swahili. Some uh, around here, many actually speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but I've got Spanish tracks. The message is the same, and it is good for them just as as it is good for me. God loves them just as much as he loves me. And although I don't speak the language, there's a barrier there. I can share the love of Christ with them. Give them a gospel check. I can find somebody that maybe speaks that language and say, hey, can you come talk to my friend here? 
You know, I've I met this person, and we've we've uh, tried to um, uh, we've tried to cross over this language barrier, but we don't speak the same language. But could you speak to them? Could you share the love of Christ with them? It's amazing how universal this is. When we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, I've I've actually experienced this. People that didn't speak uh, English. And I didn't speak Spanish. When I went to Cuba, we experienced the love of Christ just by knowing this person's a believer. We have that in common. Uh, We knew the same Savior. We prayed to the same Jesus. We didn't have to speak the same language. Because it's a universal message. It's for all people. They called upon God and Jesus in their tongue, in their language, from their heart, just as I called upon Jesus in my language. It's a good message for all who call upon Christ to be saved. Jesus Christ is not the white man's Savior. He's not the black man's Savior. He's not the yellow man's Savior. He's not the Western Savior. He's not the Eastern Savior. He's not the Savior just for the Jews. He's not the Savior just for the Gentiles. He's the Savior of the whole world. And that's why this is good news to all people. The world has a great need. And we talked about this last week. It's not going to be solved by the government. I think it was Ronald Reagan that said some of the scariest words in our language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Because the government, not to poke fun at those that are in politics and want to help us and they serve the community and their public servants. I'm thankful for our judges. I'm thankful for even our politicians. I'm thankful for our police officers. I'm thankful for those that serve on the school boards. But I'm going to tell you right now, the government has not and cannot solve every single problem. The medical community with their great ability and talents and God's gift and his blessing upon their life and uh, the fact that we have medicine and all of these technological advances, not every person will be healed by the medical community. Jesus is the only one that has and can solve all problems. The world needs Jesus Jews and Gentiles need Jesus. The young and the old need Jesus. The rich and the poor need Jesus. The educated and the illiterate need Jesus. The truth is we all need Jesus. And the wonderful fact of Scripture is that the angel announced it, the fact that it was good news to all people, for all people. And you could put your name right there. Don't think that you're too bad to come to God. Jesus loves you just as you are. Just as you are. He loves you. He doesn't care about what you've done. That has no bearing on whether you can come to him or not. In fact, the truth is, because of what you've done is why you need to come to Jesus. Why I need to come to Jesus. Now, I'm thankful for the day many, many years ago now where I called upon God. I called upon the Savior to save me from my sin because although I had grown up in a good home, 
had not tasted of all the things that this world has to offer. I had not experienced all of that. But I didn't have to be a drug addict or a drunkard. I didn't have to be a, 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 a wicked, 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 wicked sinner. I just had to be a sinner. The fact is that all of us are born into this world as sinners. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I was a, I was a good sinner. <laughs> but I was still a sinner. Okay? And uh, I hadn't, hadn't done all of those things that some have done. But I'm going to tell you, all of the things that I could have done, there's people in this world that have pretty much done everything that you could do. But they have also, some of them have come to Jesus and have been saved from their sin. There's a great ministry in prisons. A lot of people get saved in prison because they have none of the distractions that they had outside of prison. All of the things that cloud our judgment and keep our conscience seared. All of the alcohol and drugs that numb us and that can uh, take away the, uh, some of that conviction that the Holy Spirit is bringing, that cause people to not listen to the truth, and that cause them to have that temporary happiness, but leaves them oh so utterly discouraged and depressed. When you're in prison, guess what? <laughs> you don't have access to a lot of that. Some get it somehow, but you know, most, you know, in prison, you're, you're away from the, the friends and influences. Many, many of them experience great loneliness, but they resort to the scriptures. And they have a Bible many times given to them. And there's people that are ministering as chaplains in the prison. And there are scores that are saved. And they may be in there for uh, the most hor- uh, horrendous things. But Jesus loves them. And the message is for them, just as much as it is for you and me. And may we not look down our noses at anybody and say, well, God can't save that person. Oh, they're beyond God's reach. No, my friend, the message is for all of us. Praise God for that. It doesn't, doesn't matter what I look like or what I've done. God loves me, and he loves you too. May we find that unity in Christ and come to Jesus this morning. I'm going to pray, if you would, bow your head and close your eyes. And if you want to pray with me, you can this morning. But we're praying to God. And this is an opportunity for you to call upon Jesus to be your personal Savior. Jesus was born for this purpose Just as much as he came for the billions that have lived on this earth, he came for you. He cares about you as an individual. And Jesus died on the cross for the world, yes, but he died for you as an individual. And so you must come today on your own, by your own free will. This is on your own accord. You come to God and say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. And I'm going to receive Jesus Christ to be my Savior. If you could pray a prayer like that, you call upon God in sincerity, speaking to the God of creation, the one who loves you, the one that sent his son Jesus to die for you. And you put your faith and trust in him. 
The Bible says he will not turn you away. He is merciful to all that will call upon him. Father, I do pray that you would bless us this morning. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. I thank you for the opportunity at this Christmas time to think about this one more time. The good message, the good news, the news that will bring great joy. We thank you for the universal message. It's global. It's for all people. God, we thank you for not pushing us aside. Although many have pushed your son aside. Thank you for giving us one more chance. Many here uh, are watching, may watch this later at another time or hear this message. Help us, Father. I pray for them to receive Jesus as their personal Savior. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to close in a word of prayer in just a moment. If you'd like to pray, I'll give you an opportunity to pray.